0: Brother Brian, good to see you, good to see everybody. Uh, my wife sends her greetings and regrets of not being able to uh, be here today. She was so looking forward to coming and seeing everybody, uh, but uh, she turned a little uh, sick yesterday. And she's better this morning, but she was not uh, able to travel, so I made the journey myself this morning, and it's just really pretty out there, and and enjoyed um, <clears throat> uh, the travel down, worshiped the whole way down. So I was prime and I'm really not sure I need to add too much. Miss Tammy kind of covered all the bases earlier today <laughs> and I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, for every everything that's said. These, these moments we have here are so precious. Uh, I'm delighted to be here, honored. And um, <clears throat> I have been um, actually looking over a text of scripture I've never preached from before. Uh, I've been in the ministry since 1995. And yeah, that makes me a little older. And I'm almost, I told my son not too long ago, I said, Yeah, Philip, I think I'm a dinosaur now. <clears throat> uh, I almost find myself being a little more old fashioned than, <laughs> than I thought I'd ever be. But I'm um, <clears throat> going to, um, one, there there's several things I want to share, and I hope it comes out just right. I've been praying and uh, preparing over this uh, portion of scripture from Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, if you have. Uh, your Bible, hope that you do. Uh, I still read from the King James, so that's a little bit of my old-fashioned in me. Uh, I do read other versions to uh, get understanding of what's being said, and um, uh, going to be sharing from that uh, in just a few moments. But I wanted to just share, give a little nugget uh, to kind of bounce this, or kind of birth this, or kind of set this up in my spirit. I was watching Bishop Courtney McBath. Uh He's i for I think it's Norfolk. Uh, Wendy and I, we've been listening to him since just about after we got married. And, and I think in about a week or so, we'll be some let me get, i need to get it right, 34, 34 years of marriage. That'll be on December 7th, so we are man, excited about that. And we we'll have two grandchildren, uh, and we we'll hopefully get to see them Thursday. And so we are getting older, but God is still very good to us, and we're so thankful for what god is doing but uh bishop in the beginning bishop mcbath in the beginning of uh, his uh, broadcast he, he made this statement and I, i'm paraphrasing it to the best <laughs> that i could he said in the complexities of life we need simple truths to guide us and i said there's a nugget right there and i was you know i've been meditating on that <clears throat> and i want to say it again because the moment that we live in today, is very complex, would you agree? Mm -hmm. It's very complex. You can't keep up. It's hard to keep up with everything. There's some things I don't even waste my time. I guess I maybe because I'm a little older now. uh, uh, I don't waste my time even with trying to keep up with, but what he said I thought was was great. In the complexities of life, we need simple truths uh, to guide us. And so today, uh, my goal is to share with you a simple truth. And nothing that's new, um, but a simple truth. Hopefully that will bless you, help you, and and give you some, some, some guidance um, in the days to come. So from Luke 17, I'm going to be, or at least it is my desire, to um, speak from the story where Jesus heals ten lepers. I've never preached this before, and when I read it the first time, or I kind of thought I knew what it meant, but then as I got into studying the scripture here and and searching and studying the content context here, I actually came up with something different, but I'm going to try to connect, connect the dots here <clears throat> this morning for a little bit for God to, to bless. So let me just stop and pray here before we uh, share. Because uh, um, we really, really want to, uh, this moment we have to get, I want to maximize it. And so that um, uh, what's being said, you know, I can uh, share stories, and stories are good. I can give you opinion and eh, you may agree. But if I can communicate the word of God, that has the potential to change your life. Yes. And uh, I sense that, that that is awareness of that. And so Lord, I, I thank you Lord this morning for all that you have set up and you brought all these individuals here today. Lord, while Pastor Walter and Miss Robin are out, we bless them. We pray, God, that you would keep your hand upon them, bring them home safely, and all others that uh, are traveling or will travel. Father, I thank you for every heart that's in here. Lord, every heart that's on this property. And Father, we pray that you will be glorified in this moment and in our time together today, the short time that we have. Father, help me to say the exact thing that is needed to bring glorious change in our hearts and our lives, and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I titled this message, it's kind of crazy, but I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that guy. Um, Maybe you've heard that phrase, depends on where you go or to listen to, I listen to some sports radio, sports talk, and they kind of always mention, well, you don't want to be that guy that does dot, 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 or you really don't want to be that guy, and the meaning there is... That um, you don't want to be the person, this person that's labeled or identified as one who gets the acclaim of doing something, or being something that is somewhat awkward or less desirable. I believe that's what that is. Like I thought, of some examples like uh, the guy who shows up with the ugly Christmas sweater when it's not an ugly Christmas sweater occasion, right? You don't want to be that guy. Huh? You with me on that? Or or, or the guy that all the person that always tries to tell jokes, but. Nobody laughs at him. You don't want to be that guy. Or maybe this one here I came up with, maybe try to be a little more relevant. The guy that uses every social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all, all of them that are out there. <laughs> and uh, they do that to try to uh, become popular, but end up sharing maybe more information than necessary, perhaps maybe some embarrassing moments for everybody to see. So you wouldn't want to be that guy. Well, in Luke 17, there's a guy that I think we may want to be like, and we find him in this story of the Ten Numbers. And here's my main idea. I've got a lot of information to, or content to share with you, but here's the main idea that I want you to try to hold on to today, and that's, this is it. The duty of faith in Christ is gratitude. The duty of faith in Christ is gratitude if you even wrote that down, you kind of think about that. The word duty and gratitude kind of maybe not fit together too well because the word duty kind of gives us an idea of this is something that I'm obligated to do. And if I'm obligated, then it's not free-flowing. It's not from my heart. It's really not going to mean that much. But as we look, hopefully through this story, we'll see that and I'm share some things that will connect these dots here. But again, I will share that even that the duty of faith in Christ is Deep gratitude. Not just gratitude, but deep gratitude. Life-changing gratitude. For even when we have faith in God, or whenever faith in God is expressed or exercised, it cannot be separated from the posture of gratitude. I want to say that part again there, so make sure that you can hear this. If and when faith in God is exercised, like even in this moment here, this is an exercise of faith. This is an exercise we're expressing our faith in God. It cannot be separated from the posture of gratitude. In fact, as I thought about this more and more, I wrote down this statement here that gratitude very well may be the seedbed of faith. Gratitude... And we're going we'll be celebrating thanksgiving up this week here and then um, then we move on into the christmas season which is a wonderful season but gratitude very well may be the seed bed of faith and for a person to believe in anything or a person to have faith there has to be a perceived need now that's not original with me i heard this from somebody i want to say that little piece again there because it's a little It's a little nugget as well. For someone to believe in something, have faith, there has to be a perceived need. If I don't think I need something personally, I'm not going to believe that I need it in my life. Does that make sense to anybody? If someone doesn't think that they need God in their life, then they're not going to believe. Are you with me? We have a whole culture today that's so full of so many other things that they're so readily, they're readily at our hands, right? The devices we hold in our hands. We have the world in our hand. Amen? Is that making sense with anybody? Well, I've got one right here. This kind of serves <laughs> the same purpose. And we have all that we need. So all, all, what this does is it trains our minds. It trains our, in, our trains our inner being that I really don't have need of anything because I can get it myself. I think there's a little danger that's there. We use them. The technology is wonderful and fine, but that that that, tech, that, that, that technology thing is there. And there's even I can't pronounce the word without messing it up, but. Uh, If you, um, I'll explain to you how it is that whatever platform that you use, you have these ads that are there, and those ads are there. They're suggested for you based upon the history of your searches. If you look at a new automobile, well, in your Facebook feed, you're going to see an advertisement for a new automobile. That's how it works. Um, And so the more time we spend online, the more that we, we, we kind of like this or we like that. And, and what it does is that this information is gathered on us and harvests it on us. And then what it does is it gets it back to us and it kind of helps us to make the choices that we're supposed to make because we said we like that. So if we're not careful, I don't know if any of you have heard this or anything before, but this is kind of new to me. If we're not careful, we will allow social media to lead and guide our lives. I don't know if I'm in the right with the right problem. Maybe some of you may understand this, but anyhow, <clears throat> the bottom line is, I think is that we find, well, I really don't need anything because just about everything is is handed to me, right? I can I can dial like up Grubhub and I can have all kinds of food brought to me, right? It trains us. It's training us. It's training America. I call it part of the religion of Americanism, and that's another story for another time. But it's training, training all of us to think that. I can just have everything brought to me. I don't need to put forth hardly any effort at all. Here's my concern with that. And it's been mentioned earlier. With God, that's different. With God, the economy of God is different. And This part's not in my notes, so I'll try to get back to him in just a moment. With God, all that is different. It's not God, God come to me. God come to me. God bring it to me. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. God said this. He says this. He says, come unto me. And so hopefully you can see what I'm saying here a little bit in this part here. Is that we're being trained for everything to come to us. Somebody do this. Amen. Am Am I making sense? Yes. Make it, we're, we're being so trained, we might not even know it. Even with just about everything, especially in social media, that everything just comes to me, just right at my fingertips. And if, and if I don't get it, then our situation. We have a situation. We have either frustration or disappointment, and, and so on and so on and so forth. But with and so when people hear something about come to God, it's almost foreign to them. Hello? I do, why, do I, why do I need a God to where I have to come to Him when everything else around me is that I have it coming to me? Interesting, isn't it? It's interesting, isn't it? And, it, it is, and if we, we get called up in this part here and it, gets, it keeps training us and I get everything brought to me, then we might develop a sense of entitlement. I'm trying to be nice I really am <laughs> I'm just it's just as a preacher as a minister of the gospel and and knowing the message that I, that a, a minister has and we as the body of Christ have and we're trying to love on people we're trying to share with people and let them know that we care before we tell them how much we know that all that type of thing there is we're fighting this monster of sense of entitlement and we don't. I'm not getting political by no sense of imagination. I'm just talking about how things are with people. I think maybe generalize, if you will, or how things are going. Or maybe even get worse when we're coming with the gospel. It says what we have to do is we have to come to God. These ten lepers, as we read in Luke 17, and it says as and Jesus went into a certain village, and this village was located, if you, if you, for a little tidbit, it was where Galilee and Samaria meet. And Jesus is basically walking on the borderline, if you will. It says he's walking between Samaria and he's walking between Galilee. And, and there from afar off, ten lepers cry out to him. Now according to custom and rules and laws at that time, it, was, it could have been up to a hundred paces. That's how far lepers had to keep away from from those who, who were didn't have leprosy. Now, a hundred paces is right and every step is about three feet, that's almost a football field long. Okay, let's try to get the picture in our in our minds here if we will. So if it was a hundred paces, you got these ten individuals, they had to be crying out pretty loud, amen. To so hear that, correct? Not sure. It could have been mountainous, and they could have been up high, and so so when their voices, when they could have traveled, and and the, But some in the story, there Jesus is actually in King James is Jesus when he sees them. So I'm not really sure what what's happening here, what Luke is, how, how how he's writing this here, but somehow, some way, these men they cry out to Jesus, and if you read the King James language there, it says they cried out. They said. Master Jesus. That's how they cried out. One of the commentators wrote made this point very, very important here. Is that as they were crying out to Jesus, and I'm trying to move into some of the notes here for the sake of time, when they cried out to Jesus here, they were not crying out to him through the lens of being the Messiah. We read this probably maybe today as we read through as we read through the scriptures here. And we read it, we may have the idea they were crying out to him. We have this word master, which basically means teacher. So they were were crying out to him with the perspective that he was the Messiah. Okay, and um, let let me throw this little piece in. that This is probably, this is when Jesus left Galilee for the last time. And he's heading on his way to Jerusalem. This is at the end of his ministry. He's on his way to Jerusalem for the last time. So Jesus probably traveled this way. These men probably kind of knew about him, learned about him, that this guy named Jesus that was a prophet from Nazareth that was doing amazing things, and people were getting touched and healed. And so they said, I want my healing too. Amen. 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 But this cry, let me let me get to my note, this cry was a cry of misery. This was not a cry of faith. And I've got to jump way down in my notes here. Anyhow. <clears throat> This was a cry of misery. So I just sort want to of stop right here and say, is anybody delighted that God hears us even when we give out a cry of misery and He hears us? Yes. It might, might have been a cry of faith. I don't know about you, if you've ever been in that kind of situation that you you cried out to Jesus, chances are this might be like a BC moment before Christ, before you got saved, before you were redeemed and you, you cried out to God, I know I did many times God if you would just help me, get me out of this moment in this time that's not a cry of faith right there, that's a cry of misery mm-hmm. trying to get us to step into the story to kind of see what's happening here so that we can appreciate kind of what happens at the end of the story if we get to the end of the story with Jesus' help this morning. So they're crying out in, in misery. Let me, let me get to that part here so I can make sure I don't skip something here. Oh, mercy sakes. Give me just a moment. I was trying to preach without my nose. A little bit here. Praise the Lord. Uh-huh. Okay. There we go. I missed some points here, y'all. They were good, too. mean They were really good. In the name of Jesus, here we go. All right. Have mercy on us. There we go. Woo. So these leprous men, they cried out to Jesus, <clears throat> looking for help, looking for him to do something for him. Now, these leprous men where Luke points out here. Luke is trying to drive a point, and it, well, I'll try to clarify it in a moment. <laughs> But Luke is trying to make a point here of what Jesus does for these men that no one else could do for them. Leprosy here. These lepers men, what according to maybe some Jewish custom, it's thought that if, if you were lepers, that means you had to do something wrong to get leprosy. Does anybody understand what I'm saying there? Yep. If you had leprosy, that means you must have done some bad sin to contract that that awful disease so who who could, could basically these 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 lepers were had a death sentence on them there was no hope there was no hope they were in confinement basically now there was a group of 10 here they kind of they hung out together to tried to get some level of comfort but Think, try to put ourselves in that position of, of having that on our bodies, in our system, and, and just the pain that was there and all of all that, that goes with that there. It's just not fun being sick. Wendy told me this morning, I hate being sick. I said, Baby, I agree 100%. But what she had was nowhere near what leprosy is. Leprosy represents, if you will, the depravity of man. Luke is, he's writing this story here because Luke, and let me throw this in here, Luke is the only writer of the four Gospels that gives us account of the story, which means it's something important, and we'll try to touch on that in just a moment, but what Luke is writing here, he's wanting the people to see that something particular happened here, and that these leprous men, if you will, it represents the depravity of man, it represents the sickness of man, the weakness of man, the fickleness of man, the sin, the sin nature of man. Remember, they were far off. So let me make this statement here, ladies and gentlemen. With sin, we can only get so close to God. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. With sin, we can only get so close to God. These men couldn't get that, buried that but so close to Jesus. Yeah, but every ounce of energy they had, they cried out to Jesus. So we're going to try to move along in the story here. And what Jesus does, what Jesus does here is very... Unusual. It really is strange. It's 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 a little it's 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 a little strange. Huh? And hopefully, maybe maybe you'll see that. The, Jesus says, "Well, go show yourself to the priest." Now, why did Jesus say this? Well, it was the law. It was Jewish law. The reason that uh, Jesus said um, to to go. Uh, show yourself to the priest is that according to the Old Testament there if someone had leprosy they needed to go show themselves to the priest the priest would declare them to be clean they would receive a certificate so they could enter back into society and function and prosper. But I, I take it as this in other words Jesus said go to God. That going to the priest was something that God set up with Moses back, way back in time if you, if you will and, and Jesus was saying, go to God. Go submit yourself to what God has put in place. I think this is the proper the proper response that Jesus could have given because Jesus came to fulfill the law. Jesus did not come to usurp the law or to change the law. So it, it, when Jesus made this statement here, it kind of almost makes a maybe a little strange. It's a little strange because it didn't make any sense. Nothing else happened really. He just basically spoke the word. Hallelujah. He said, go show yourselves to the priest. So what's the takeaway here? I wrote down here real quickly. To deal with our sin, we have to go to God. To deal with our sin, we have to go to God. We can't deal with sin any other way, ladies and gentlemen, even in 2019. If And I read it this morning from John, 1 John 2. If any of us, Say that we have not sinned. We're telling a story. Now I softened it there a little bit. <laughs> King James says that we're telling a lie. If any of us say that we have not sinned, wait a minute, brother Chuck. I I've been saved twenty plus years. Hallelujah, but I also know that these human being bodies here that we are weak Amen. We oops. We fall short We say something we shouldn't say Or again, we can go down the list we do something we shouldn't do Actually, Jesus really brings accountability to the type we think something what we should think, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the only way to deal with our sin is to go to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We can't, We can't pull that up on our device. And I'm not against my technology. I just had something sitting in, in, in my crawl of what, what is happening in this religion of Americanism that we're being taught 24 hours a day right through our TVs and and and, and see, uh, all, to to have fun, we just go and do whatever you want to do, as much as you want to do it. And it doesn't matter. You could now. I'm, I'm I'm going down a hole there I'll be back out of that hole. <clears throat> there is no other way, ladies and gentlemen. We have to follow what has been put in place by God, and that's to go to Him. If there's sin in our life, Jesus said. Go show yourself to the priest. As we read, and I haven't read the scripture yet. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's bad etiquette. Let me, let me do this here real quick then. Verse 11 in Luke um, 17 says, And it came to pass as they went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain city, there met him ten lepers, ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, I mentioned that, he, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he had saw what, that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And here's a very, very important piece here that Luke adds. And it says, and he was a Samaritan. Okay, so it's very, very, very important. Verse 17, and Jesus answering said, Where? Were there not ten cleansed? Evidently, everybody was cleansed. According to Jesus' testimony right here, all ten of those men were cleansed. Praise the Lord. But where are the nine, Jesus said. Verse 18, there are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger, Now Jesus is calling this man a stranger. Why is he calling him a stranger? Because he was a Samaritan. Okay? Maybe touch on that in a moment. Try to. And then verse 19. And he said unto him, Arise. He said to the Samaritan, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay. So there's a story there. This is this is amazing here, right? A miracle. Okay? Now we're going to have to back up in scriptures in just a moment, if I, if I hope I can, so that we just don't preach the miracle. This miracle is taking place based upon the conversation, I believe, that the disciples and Jesus had just a few verses earlier in this chapter. And I want to get to that in just a moment. Lord willing, I know I've got a lot of those, so that, I'm trying trying to hurry. But it says, while they turn, I'm not sure where in the process, wherever they were. Remember, they are a great distance, a good distance from Jesus. And, and Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest, the priest, the priest. Maybe that goes there. I don't know. I don't know how far they're away. Okay? And so, they turn. And as they go, they're cleansed. Nobody can do for us like Jesus can, right? <laughs> if you make the connection there, no, nobody can deal, remove our sin but Jesus. I hope you make that connection there. Praise the Lord. Amen? All right. These men, now here's something very, very, very important. This represents some measure or expression of obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. That's a good word. That's a real good word, even in 2019. As they turn, right? They are are obeying. What's also important is, is that none of these men, and please listen closely, none of these men did nothing to merit their healing. Luke now is beginning, he's trying, he's beginning to get to kind of pull the veil back here in this story of what God wants us to take away from this, I believe. These men did nothing to merit their healing other than obey what Jesus said to do. Brother Brian, you running t- You go from here with that, and just do what Jesus said to do. Nothing else really matters. Is that good? They got his attention. Let me let me go on. It so makes more sense in just a moment. So this powerful moment here happens. And something's taking place here and I think we might can move over real quickly and not recognize it or maybe not even know it. Let me try to explain it. <clears throat> Nothing that these men did produced their healing. Yes, they did begin a journey to the priest, but that was an act of faith. It was an act of faith, of an expression of faith. An act of faith that released the grace of of God. And this year, ladies and gentlemen, I got to make this point, have to Father, is what Jesus was trying to get the disciples to see. It calls in verse 5 of Luke 11, the disciples make this statement, and it's it's kind of popular if you've been in church for a while, and I want to read it so I don't, I don't miss it up. <clears throat> in verse 5, it says, and the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Wow. Now, I don't know if you've ever <coughs> prayed that prayer before. Lord, increase my faith. But what I am learning, and what I what I see taking place here, let me let me let me get my let me take some more notes here before I start freelancing. Serving Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is not so much about doing a bunch of things to see God reward us. And I know this this kind of this is kind of this is a little maybe not that easy to hear. And really, what's happening here is it was very difficult for the the disciples to hear. They just asked him, Lord, increase our faith. And and why did they say that? Because just, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, because it's in in the context here. He said, listen here, guys. He said, listen. He said, listen. He said, if your brother messes with you, upsets you, gets you steaming mad, so frustrated that you can't think straight, and you go and rebuke him, and if you rebuke him and he repents, forget it. Now I, I added there, but I hope you got the point. Before the disciples said, increase our faith, Jesus said, if your brother offends you and he and you rebuke him and he repents, forgive him. Then Jesus says, Now, if he does it seven times in the same day, wait a minute now, what, what's, what's happening here? See, just what if I can forgive you once, Brother David, I'm good. <laughs> if I can, forgive, I can forgive him once. But if he does the same thing, 7 times 7, meaning complete, the fullness, if you will, completion. If he keeps doing the same thing over, that student does the same thing over and over in your classroom. That family member does the same thing over and over and over. Right? That employee does, that neighbor does the same thing over and over, day in, and day out. And it just aggravates the, it just aggravates you, right? Can we just leave it at that? And you go to them. That's kind of important. And you go to them. Some of us don't even go to them. We just I ain't saying nothing to them. I don't. I have a neighbor I have to go to right now. Literally, he lives on this side of me. It aggravates me, but anyhow. It's tough when you preach something and you have to walk through it first. It really is, okay? So uh, you go to them and if they repent, forgive them. So the the, the disciples here were saying, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't do that. I can't follow that rule. Are y'all with me? I can't follow that commandment. I'm not so sure that I can work that in. I don't think that I can do that. Then the disciples said, Lord, Increase our faith. To me, if if, if if we pray that prayer or we ask the Lord to increase our faith, I want to almost guarantee you, I, don't, I can't superly guarantee you, but I, I'm kind of leaning in the direction of the belief that if we say that prayer, God is going to put us in a situation that is beyond our control. That's right. That's right. And my nature, my makeup, my personality, everything has its place. And everything has its order. Hallelujah. Some of you may have that syndrome. Anyhow, it's a good one to have psalms like that. But, anyhow, um, if, if you, Lord, increase our faith. He's going to put us in a situation that we can't control, we can't manage. It doesn't make sense to us to say, wait a minute, God, you're not even in this. Where are you at, God? So before you pray that prayer, maybe that's a little warning there, Brother Jerry. Maybe that's just a little bit of warning. And see, here's, 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 here's the thing. The Bible tells us that we don't live by commandments. The scripture says in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that the just shall live by. Pain. Pain. Wow. Now don't, don't get your tinsel in a tangle. I can say that. We're almost just the holiday season, right? Don't get your tinsel in a tangle. <laughs> faith, faith includes keeping the commandments. Yeah. Yeah. But with this story here, saying what Jesus is trying to show the disciples who were Jews that living for God and the kingdom of God is more than keeping commandments. Wait a minute, Pastor Chuck. See, the Jews were used to that. They had the law. If they did this, God will do that. Make sense, anybody? Yeah. We have it today. Mm-hmm. We have it today. If I do this, I'll get that. We earn it, correct? Yeah. Disciples said, "Increase our faith and to get Jesus." Goes, okay. I'm going to show you guys. I'm going to pull back the veil. I'm getting ready to be crucified and, and, and it's going to usher in this part here that you're not going to really recognize and you're not really going to believe because in just a few moments, a Gentile is going to receive the grace of God Amen. and it's not going to make any sense to you. That's the Samaritan that was healed. Luke himself was not a Jew. Luke was a Gentile. Luke writes the gospel of Luke for the Gentiles so the Gentiles will see and learn that they can have access to God through faith. That is the essence of the story here. Did everybody catch that? Yes. Even today (laughs) we have it so ingrained in our minds that to live for God I have to do Mm -hmm. this and there are things that we have to do, but it is done in a, I have to use the word order, that it comes from appreciation and gratitude. Okay. the dot. Why? Why? Why appreciation? Why gratitude? Well, let's look at this, this leper here, and I'm trying to close, trying to end. I know it's after 12, right? I'm well, watching no, that one. Here it is. This Samaritan who was thought, the Jews. Let me back up a second. There's ten of them, right? One comes back, right? He's a Samaritan. Luke identifies him as a Samaritan. Jesus calls him a stranger. He's a stranger to the things of God. He's a stranger to the oracles of God. He's a stranger to the law of Moses. He he has no clue, really. Very little clue, possibly. even had a little one. But who are the other nine? Some believe, and I am, lean, lean, I am inclined to believe, that the other nine were Jews that got healed. And if that being the case here, then when, when Jesus says, well, where are the others at? It's Jesus, he's kind of bringing some heat here to everybody that's listening. How come the Jews aren't here? If anybody should be here giving me thanks, if anybody should be here glorifying God for having their skin cleansed, to where they no longer have to hang out with sick people anymore. Okay. Right, yes. huh? <laughs> when Jesus saves us from our sins, well, that might preach a little bit there, Brother Brian. When Jesus saves us from our sins, we don't have to hang out with people like that anymore. Yes, that, that sounded kind of wrong. That might not be right. I, I'm getting checked in my spirit. No, we don't. <laughs> we sh- <laughs> Let me get it right here. <clears throat> we get delivered from Hang around people that are full of sin, but God sends us right back to them to bring them grace and mercy. Okay, I need to, I need to have to correct myself there. <laughs> that kind of sounded not good. The other nine possibly were Jews, but yet they did come back to Jesus. So we see the Samaritan here, which, which Luke says he, and he was a Samaritan. In other words, he was a Gentile. He was outside. He was the one that was marginalized. He's the guy that gets talked about. He's the guy that's not sociably. he's not in the clique. Are y'all with me? He's not, he's not a favorite here. But here's the Samaritan. What does he do? He, he really don't know how to worship God. But after he is cleansed, what do we find him doing? Thank you. Who said that? Somebody say glorifying God. Yes. Can we all say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Now, we kind of said that kind of like, look, medium three, level three. I don't think that was the scene here, y'all. I really don't. Can anybody feel this with me? I'm a matter of fact, I think this guy was probably running. I'm going, I think he was Pentecostal. I think he was running, okay? I think he, he, he I, I'm messing, I'm messing. He, he ran, he came to Jesus, and he fell down at his feet. Praise the Lord. Yes. yes. Right? <laughs> and he, he, I don't think he was just a, he said, thank you, Jesus. I don't think he said thank you, Jesus, just mm-hmm. once. I think he said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe got louder and louder. And I, I, to me, I, I think Jesus probably just started smiling. Saying, y'all seeing this? Y'all, y'all, you want to do a faith increase? Here we go. Y'all watching? Are we paying attention? <laughs> now I'm missing, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in conjecture too much. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But I have to feel that Jesus was delighted in this because he was trying to increase the faith of his disciples and to show them so what's going to be so much the future of their faith walk. So we have this Samaritan here, and I'll close. Lord, I'm hoping this makes sense. Here's the icing on the cake. The cake is, is that, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot earn Grace. This is the point that Luke is trying to make here because this letter was being written to the Gentiles, to the, all those who were outside of the nation of Israel. The nine men, if you will, that represented Israel, they did not get it. And some today don't get it that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Messiah. It's kind of still, still happening. And there's so much more in here that really... I wanted to share, but I don't have time to do so. We're back now. We're trying to close Put it on the cake is, is that we cannot earn grace. Can someone say amen? Amen. We re- get it in a- We can't earn grace. These gentlemen did nothing to earn their healing. But in this healing, here's the Samaritan that really kind of didn't know what he was doing. He's there at the feet of Jesus, giving him worship, giving him glory, giving him thanks for. He was full of gratitude. And as I said earlier, sure, faith in Christ is expressed with gratitude. So here's the icing on the cake. Jesus makes this statement. He says, go thy way. Thy faith, faith has made you whole. Wow. The disciples, we go back to verse 5 into chapter 17. Lord, increase our Faith. Now here Jesus speaks to this stranger, to this person that's kind of like an outcast, to Israel. Israel, you getting this? My grace is for everybody. Yes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That means people, and that means everybody. Everybody means everybody, right? <clears throat> My grace is for everybody. And these words here, I think there's a distinction that can be made here, and I hope that you can see it. I hope it makes me... Make, 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 means something to you today. This Samaritan was the only one that received these words, Thy faith hath made thee whole. The other nine were healed. This Samaritan was healed. But this Samaritan was also made whole. Yes. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be whole. Amen. That's right. I can't earn it. We can't buy it, but I do believe that gratitude, as we enter to this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, we're gonna be with our family members. We're gonna be with people that might not think a whole lot about us, who knows? I don't know. If you're going back to work, you may be a little different. They may think that you're different. They think I'm different at work. (laughs) But to be made whole. This was a foreshadowing of the grace of God through the cross of Jesus Christ. To where whosoever will, right? Whosoever will believe on Jesus can receive this grace. We can't earn it. We'll never earn it. But Jesus is willing to deal with leprosy. He's willing to deal with the leprosy of our soul. Isn't that great news today? Amen. Yes. Right? Yes. Doesn't matter what it is. Okay? It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever addiction, whatever bondage that we may be dealing with, okay, whatever is trying to manipulate or to control our lives, that keeps us bound up in misery, keeps our minds in a place that isn't receiving and enjoying the grace of God. Praise the Lord. I was drawing a box because (coughs) we we put our minds in a box. We put God in a box. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Amen, Pastor Chuck. We do put God in a box, folks. That's what the... See, kind of the other nine lepers, they did. They put God in a box. God, you can't heal a Samaritan. In fact, God, you can't deal with leprosy. But yet Jesus was the one that touched lepers. people. Are we thankful for that this morning? Yeah. Whatever you're dealing, whatever's touching your life today, it doesn't matter. Grace is available this morning. I'm, we're, we're, I'm like you. I'm a human being. I'm slow to get it too. I said, God, really? Really? Because if I could earn this thing, I'm, I believe I could climb to the top of that mountain, God. If I could earn it, I believe I could, I could get it done. Let me get to my closing here because there was a statement I wrote down that uh, I think this said maybe it'll help somebody. Would you mind standing with me, please, what, is it, is it at this time? Brother Johnny, brother Johnny, brother Johnny told me, Elder Johnny told me to close it. He was going to have to step out. So, uh-huh, here we go. So be like that guy. Be like a Samaritan. That's the guy I want us to be like today. Be like, be like that guy. This guy had the measure of faith to thank to thank God for everything in his life. And it's not always easy to do that, is it, ladies and gentlemen? It's not always easy to give God thanks. Because we've got all these things going on. There's, sometimes there's more month than there is money. Amen? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Sometimes the back is not working right and you kind, of, kind of get up like this in the morning. I've been doing this a whole lot since August and it takes me a while and I've been to the doctor and he says, well, I don't think you need an MRI, I think it's just muscular. I said, well, if it's muscular, it's sure, it's giving me a, a bit of a time. But um, my back's felt the best it has in uh, in two or three weeks, so I'll give God glory for that this morning. Here's my encouragement and challenge to us today. Let us not let dysfunction, disease, racism, political affiliation, relational issues, or anything you can name keep us from expressing our faith and giving thanks to God for all that he has done is doing, and will do. Can someone say amen to that? Yes. Yes. Come on, give it some praise. Amen. This is good. You. Hallelujah. You. Do y'all know that song, I Raise a Hallelujah? Do y'all know that you understand Isn't that a great song? Right? Isn't that a great song? Up at the office, conference office, there's a big old atrium in there. It's two stories. Brian, some of you are familiar with it. and There's always an echo in there. So just about 3.30 or 30, 4.30, 4.30 in the afternoon every day, just about everybody's gone. I'll step in there. <clears throat> and I'll go, well, I have, to get, I have to find my key. I have to find a Chuck key. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, I raise a hallelujah. And it just echoes. In the presence of my enemy, right? Isn't it great? Yes. <laughs> I raise a hallelujah. Right before my unbelief, that's what I would say. That might not be the words. <laughs> then I go, uh, I raise a hallelujah. My weapon, my weapon is a melody. Don't oh, you just love that? I do, Miss Tammy. I'm telling you, girl. <laughs> I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes and fights for me. Yes. Isn't that powerful? Yes. <laughs> then she says, yes. and I'm going to sing, right? Yes. No, how's it go? In the middle of the storm. Yeah, and I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let my praises roar mm-hmm. up from the ashes. Yes. Was it my faith will arise? Yes. will arise? Hope will arise. That's good too. Death is defeated. The king is alive, right? And they just they, just, they just go in a jam, right? <laughs> I love it. Can somebody say hallelujah this morning? Hallelujah. God's been good to you, right? Amen. Don't let dysfunction That means it, it ain't working out like I thought it was going to work out. That's right. I can't figure it out because what's happening? God is building your faith. Somebody say amen. 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 <laughs> yes, somebody called that one right there. God is building your faith, yeah. Yeah. and how, what I, what's going on in Washington right now is really sad. Yeah. But I'm gonna raise a hallelujah, right? Isn't that just good? I just love that song, man. That's just awesome. I was hoping somebody would sing that. But anyhow, so here we go. Don't let dysfunction. Don't let the whole world with disease, racism. It doesn't matter what the devil is doing. You need to raise what? I raise a hallelujah. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. That's what the Samaritan, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm making modern today what the Samaritan did, right? Yeah. He fell at Jesus' feet. Jesus, I'm telling you, I'm so glad I don't have to hang out with those sick people no more. God, Lord, I, I want to thank you for saving me from my sins. Maybe you're with me this morning. You can pray that prayer and say that to God right now. Lord, I thank you for saving me from my sins. I thank you for saving me from myself. I thank you, Lord, for healing my body. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for working in my family's life. Lord, I thank you for the job that you gave me. Lord, I thank you for open doors that you're opening for me. God, I thank you for those divine appointments. God, I thank you for everything that I have this morning. God, you've been so good to me. God, you've been so good to me. Yes. Yes. I don't care if none, the other people won't praise you, but I'm going to thank you, and I'm going to praise you this morning, Lord, because there's a hallelujah in my spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you. 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 Yes. Come on, somebody give yes. God a yes. praise this morning. He's worthy. He's worthy. I will promise you, if you give God praise in this moment right now, I heard another preacher say, he's going to turn your situation around. I'm just going to prophesy that this morning. I'm going to prophesy that by faith that you give God praise this morning and act like he's turning that thing around for you today. Give him some glory this morning. Give him some praise. Give him some thanksgiving this morning for he is good. It's not going to happen because you've earned it. It's going to happen because God's grace is amazing. It's not limited. We can't put God's grace in a box. Bless his wonderful name. Because if God's grace is in a box, I imagine I'd be outside of the box this morning. Hallelujah. So the simple truth I want to leave you with today is, and I pray we'll give you guidance that faith is, will be expressed with deep, 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 Thank you. deep gratitude. Amen? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. Louder and louder. I'm going to let my praises roar. Yes. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Death is defeated. Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. The king is alive. Can we give us some a praise? Somebody yes. help me. Yes. Praise, praise Jesus. You. Now, if none of this makes sense to you this morning, here's, here's my simple request in mind. What you need to do is say, Lord, I'm not so sure what all that I was about, but I want to know. Jesus is able to forgive us of all of our sins. Yes. Amen. He is our Savior. Amen. He is our Savior. Yes, He is. I don't think, uh, we as a church, we're really, we, we still don't get it right, folks. Thank you. Jesus. We still mess it up. We think we've got, we might get it right, but we're like, I don't know that we're getting it right. It's just too much, too much, too much in here that it's not happening. Thank you, so Father, Jesus. I want to thank you for deliverance this morning. You, I want to thank you for a complete you, healing. Yes. Father, I want to thank you for revelation being released even now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for wisdom that will dismantle all demonic strongholds. Father, I want to thank you for releasing wisdom. God, I want to thank you for releasing knowledge and skill Lord, for those who need it this morning. But most of all, Lord, I thank you for releasing your mercy and your grace to save us and to wash us with the blood that you spilled on Calvary from our sins so that every day when we get up in the morning we might start singing a hallelujah. hallelujah thank you Lord y'all gonna have to sing it next Sunday now right thank you Jesus thank you I hope you don't I hope you never forget this thank you Lord it's been my privilege and my honor and my pleasure thank to you. speak words of life to you today I hope you never forget forget anything I hope you not forget the nothing this morning Thank you, Lord. I'm going to sing oh, yeah. in the middle of the storm. Anybody in the storm? I can't. I can't it, it just keeps coming around. Mm-hmm. So you need to make your praises louder and louder, just like the Samaritan, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Louder and louder. Yes. If you have to, get in your car. That's what I was doing. I'm driving up 460 Hidden East. My hands were like this. And I hear people coming, wait. you, touch, you put your hands down? shouldn't you put your hands up? Say, They're going to take you're crazy. Well, but they can't really tell. They're going to be by me in just a second. So I just had my hands in there saying, yes, Lord. Kim was singing this morning. I was just enjoying my, myself. Hallelujah. Wendy yes, and I, we love you. We bless you in the Lord. Amen? Gratitude. Show somebody what gratitude looks like. Thank you, it may not make no sense. Somebody might get on your nerves. If somebody gets on your nerves, you know what you can do? I praise hallelujah. Thank you. Is that song up there somewhere? Yes. That would be a good recessional song to play, right? Have you got it? Don't Please don't turn it up too loud. Those folks want to, come on, come on. I'm about to start dancing though, but anyhow. Y'all have a great day in Jesus. I'm going to set the microphone down. Thank you for coming today. Have a great day. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, may this have the song be to you soon.